Previously on Newsbreak, Lotus FM. Good afternoon. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk today. I'm Tadej Hari Prashad with you this hour for another um, opportunity where we get to talk about uh, serious issues, issues affecting you, affecting your world and issues that you'd like to give your say to. So today is a mixed bag of focus uh, that we have here. A few topics in my agenda that I'd like to present to you and then take your thoughts and curate them on air. We also have, um, I think, an, uh, I think the conversation starter would be alert level one. And, um, you know, I'm going to do something a little bit risky. And I said to a colleague um, when alert level one was announced, um, I said, well, how much different is it going to be from any of the other alerts? Because what we've often heard on this program here on Newsbreak Talk was that a lot of people have not been adhering um, to regulations. So there was a lot of social gathering, a lot of meeting, a lot of you know illegal use of substances that were banned even at the time. Um, and so now that it's alert level one, how much of a difference does it make to you? Um, it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek and a bit of a risky sort of opinion to ask, but I'd like to know uh, for those that say, you know, we've been seeing a free-for-all, people not wearing masks, not practicing social distancing, uh, staying way past curfew on the streets, visiting friends and family, um, you know, back when cigarettes were banned, still accessing cigarettes, back when alcohol was banned, still accessing alcohol. So taking all of that into account, now that legally you can do a lot more, um, what difference does it make? And ultimately, your thoughts then on infection control. South Africa, and I think globally, um, celebrating a bit of a, you know, a slowdown in the rate of virus transmission. What does increased social movement uh, mean for that sort of thing? I mean, the fact that international travel is likely to be allowed from the 1st of October what does it mean um, for the spread of that virus? You'll remember that uh, initial cases of COVID-19 came to South Africa uh, following um, international travel. So that's always something to, to factor in and to, to be a bit concerned about. So all of that to talk about today. Plus, we have some uh, local issues like the uh, killing of Dr. Uh, Abdul Munshi. We're going to be talking to the um, South African um, Muslim Network. We're also trying to reach out to the um, Islamic Medical Association of South Africa, who's... Um, going to be possibly joining us in a short while. I've asked them to uh, to see if they've also got any thoughts with regard to this. It's an interesting discussion um, and police not providing too much of information yet on that. But I'll provide you with the information that we have on the table and we can see how best to take that conversation forward. Okay, it's news break today. It's your turn. It's your break to talk about whatever you like to talk about. I look forward to hearing from you. It's the best way I spend my Saturday. So let's get into it now. Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Dr. Nkosazana Tlamini Zuma says international travel in the continent will be allowed to and from all countries when the country enters alert level one on Monday. Traveling to countries outside the continent will be determined by each country's infection rate. Land borders and seaports will also reopen. Tlamini Zuma briefed the media in Pretoria on regulations relating to the COVID-19 level one restriction. Pumzile Mlangeni reports. On Monday, South Africa will move to alert level 1 following months of hard lockdown. This will see some of the country's borders open as the country begins to revive the economy, mostly through the tourism sector. 
international travel will be permitted with visitors expected to produce a negative COVID-19 test certificate conducted within 72 hours of departure. Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs Minister Dr. Nkosa Zanatlamini Zuma says while travel to and from Africa will be permitted, traveling to other countries outside of the continent will be based on the infection rate. International travel in the continent is allowed to all countries and from all countries. But other international travel, there would be a schedule of countries where the infections are high who will not be allowed temporarily until such time that their infections come under control. But generally it is allowed, except for those countries who will have high infections 18 land borders which are open for business only will now be fully operational while 34 remain closed. All seaports will reopen but only for business. Lamine Zuma elaborates. International travel in the continent is allowed to all countries and from all countries. But other international travel, there would be a schedule of countries where the infections are high who will not be allowed temporarily until such time that their infections come under control. But generally, it is allowed, except for those countries who will have high infections. A maximum of 250 people will now be allowed to attend indoor gatherings and 500 for an outdoor. A maximum of funeral attendees has been increased from 50 to 100, while night vigils continue to be prohibited. It doesn't matter how big the venue, the maximum inside the venue is 250 but if the venue is too small to accommodate 250 people at one and a half meters then it must be less it must be half the size of that venue meanwhile zamini zuma has cautioned against complacent behavior and appeals to south africans to continue taking precautionary measures i am pumzilim langini in pretoria so there you go, some sort of indication about travel, travel not being allowed to countries outside the continent uh, with high infection rates. So uh, that's an interesting one. Um, and we were told when we spoke to um, tourism experts and they said, just speak to your travel agent as to which countries are on the list. Um, you know, we'll do recall that um, the US and India have really high infection rates. So definitely they're likely to be flagged um, in certain countries in Europe as well. So definitely those countries are likely to face a certain degree of um, control with regard to travel. But nonetheless, interesting to know your thoughts on the fact that travel is now allowed, borders are going to be opened, land borders and seaports will also reopen. So interesting to know um, how safe you feel about this and if you are an avid traveler let's talk about some wanderlust today if you love traveling and you've not been able to do so for the past what nine months how long has it been um i'd like to know your thoughts are you really going to just get onto a plane now and go for a holiday and what level of comfort do you have um, about that holiday, knowing that, you know, there's still going to be a certain degree of control and restriction in countries that you're likely to visit now? So I'm looking forward to hearing from you with regard to that. Now, Kauteng Premier David Makura says the number of daily coronavirus infections in Tuane is higher than they've ever been. He says Tuane and the Sedibeng region south of Johannesburg are the new areas of concern.
The Premier, however, says the overall number of infections in the province have significantly declined over the past two weeks, with the daily average now at 300. Makuda was speaking at the opening of the Lanesia South District Hospital in Johannesburg. Wisani Makubele reports. Houding accounts for over 216,000 of the more than 655,000 COVID-19 cases nationally. Premier David Makura says the infection rate in Johannesburg and Ekuruleni, cities that have in the past registered high numbers of infections, is now under control. Although the numbers are going down significantly, if you look at 14-day reports would show that if there are places we must worry about, it is the northernmost part of Swani, the eastern part of Swani, which is Mamilodi, and the central part of Swani. We must also worry about Sidibeng. The areas in Sidibeng will be Svukeng and Everton. I know a day or so ago we got 400 infections, but on average the daily cases are at 300 cases. Makura has also expressed concern that up to 100 people will be allowed to attend funerals from next week when the country moves to level one of the national lockdown. The number was kept at 50 since the lockdown was implemented to curb the spread of COVID-19. Makura says funerals have in the past proven to be high transmission areas. I must tell you I am worried. Even with the 100, let's make sure that the funerals do not become the place where COVID-19 infection increases are going to happen. There are also meetings allowed, indoor meetings and outdoor meetings. Let's continue to sanitize. Let's continue to wear our masks. Let's continue to social distance. COVID-19 is not over. The provincial government says that despite infections declining and a high recovery rate, it continues to build up its infrastructure and staffing capacity. They say these investments will go beyond the COVID-19 period. They've unveiled the 48 million rent Linesia South District Hospital. The refurbished facility has been upgraded from a clinic to a 103-bed hospital in the past few months to care for COVID-19 patients. The beds will also be used for patients needing general medical care. Infrastructure Development MEC Tasnin Mutara. Some of the major work included the installation of medical gas connections on all 103 beds. The final cost of all of these upgrades as well as new installations as well as the work that we did in terms of conversions from just a clinic to a hospital beds came in at an investment amount of 48 million rand from the provincial government and therefore this 48 million investment will be able to service the community for the COVID period as well as post the COVID period. On corruption, Makura says the Special Investigating Unit has thus far identified 40 companies and individuals that are allegedly involved in corruption in the procurement of personal protective equipment. It says the SIU is monitoring every tender in the province and are not only looking at PPE contracts. Makura is on record bemoaning the PPE saga as the biggest corruption scandal his government has faced since he became Premier in 2014. He expressed confidence that there will be consequences for those involved in corruption. The Special Investigation Unit is hot on the heels of those who got involved in corruption of PPE. They are not going to stop only with PPE. People this time round are going to go to jail. I, as the Premier, awaits regular reports and regular updates from the Special Investigation Unit. 
There are 40 companies and individuals who they identified. They've frozen their accounts. I'm waiting for the next report about what has happened. So that was Gauteng Premier David Makura there in that report and a bit of a concern in Tswane. It's high, the infection rates have been higher. Uh, he says that Tswane and the Sedibeng region south of Johannesburg are the new areas of concern. But overall, Gauteng, which was a major problem area, um, has improved significantly in their daily infection rates. They're sitting at an average now daily at around 300. Um, so good news, right, compared to what we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks and months. But I think the question, and this is the point about the nature of COVID-19, the nature of lockdown, etc., um, 300 is still a number, you know, 300 new cases. It means the virus is still moving, not as rapidly as it was. But at what point does your increased level of movement um, meet that daily increase and then exacerbate that day, daily increase? That is something that I'd like your thoughts on today uh, on Newsbreak. But in KwaZulu-Natal, the health department had to halt certain projects and redirect funds to deal with the outbreak of the coronavirus According to Health MEC Nomagugu Simelane Zulu, who has been tabling her department's special adjustment budget at the provincial legislature. Meanwhile, the department says it has spent about 365 million rand on personal protective equipment so far and foresees the figure doubling by the end of the financial year. Vusi Makosini reports. Smelani Zulu says the department had to move funds from HIV, malaria and TB programs in order to deal with COVID-19. She says the department has been allocated an additional funding of 5 billion rand to deal with the pandemic as its budget was overstretched due to the pandemic. An amount of 86.8 million was moved within HIV, TB, malaria, community outreach and HPV vaccine plans from program two again to program one to assist with the pressure. In addition, the department reprioritized 100 million within buildings and other fixtures, fixed structures for planned projects that had not commenced. In other words, we stopped those projects that had not commenced. These funds were repurposed for the construction of isolation and quarantine sites. Some of these will be temporary. She also told the legislature that the department might exceed its allocated budget for PPEs due to the virus. The department has already spent 365 million rands on personal protective equipment. This is 29 million rand higher than initially budgeted for before the outbreak of COVID-19. Smilani Zulu explains. COVID-19 came, the department's budget for PPE for the financial year 2019-2020 was 336 million, and that would have been our normal or ordinary budgeting. However, it is worth noting that during the current phase of COVID-19 pandemic, we are only in the second quarter of the financial year, and yet we have already spent more than 365 million from an overall budget of 632 million rand. This means we could potentially spend more than double our normal budget this should be accepted considering that we are in a pandemic and we needed to protect our health workers. The rollout of certain health services, the rollout of certain health services was affected by the outbreak of the virus.
according to Smilane Zulu. These include TB and HIV testing, medical circumcision, and tracking of patients who default on their current medication and condom distribution. Here we are talking about your Pilamtwana programs, medical male circumcision, condom distribution, and a whole lot more because almost everyone in the department had to focus on COVID-19. But we have that our numbers are, are going down. We are going to go back and make sure that we will look at, at, at uh, what needs to be done so that we bring back our people and we ensure that our people uh, are safe. Meanwhile, the EFF registered its concern about the alleged corruption on PPE procurement, including the inflating of prices by some government departments. While the IFP called on the department to consider employing temporary COVID-19 staff on full-time basis. I'm Vosima Kosin in Devon. Yeah, so those are the, um, I think, the top level of South Africa and the kinds of information they're putting forward today with regard to that. Uh, an adjusted um, budget over there from the KwaZulu Natal Health Department. So interesting to know that um, PPE's expenditures like to double toward the end of the financial year. Um, interesting to find out uh, the rollout of that. So, yeah, those are um, a lot of the COVID-19 related um, bits of information that we have today. And we are trying to get you a little bit more as they do become available to us. So let's go to our WhatsApp line now, hear what you have to say about all of this and take it forward. We've got Mr. Louis Play on the WhatsApp line. Hello there. Good afternoon, Dinesh, Louis Pillay, Centurion. Yes, we welcome level one, but we must still treat it as level five regarding our social distance and using masks. But level one, we definitely welcome it. Now the occurs, flea markets, all will be open. So the poor and the disadvantaged people can actually earn living now. So we wouldn't have so so much of starvation. Thank you, Louis Pillay Centurion. Thanks for that, Mr. Pillay. Spoke to the um, travel industry, and they were um, talking about um, the fact that the fact that borders are open means that those who work in the travel sector can return to their jobs because they have not immediately as lockdown was implemented. So that's definitely something um, to celebrate for them. They actually have an industry now that's you know currently um, operational and they can once again go about earning their money. So I'll be very happy to hear about that. Let's go to this voice note. Hi, hi to you, Haresh and Lotus FM. Thanks, Amalian for always informing us uh, for uh, us about the about what's happening throughout uh, the world and giving us a detailed uh, news break we, re- uh, we really enjoy your show thank you so much lots of love Roshni Peter Madsburg bye Ah, Roshni, thank you so much for dropping by just to say that. You've made my day. Thank you. That was really such a heartfelt message. I really hope that, you know, whatever information we've been providing over these months has made some impact to you. So um, I can't tell you how much that's touched us here at Newsbreak. Let's go to Rani from Stangamana. It's absolutely wonderful that we have moved to Alert Level 1, especially for business, and we all know how difficult it is during the past six months. Uh, with that said, we mustn't become complacent, but still follow protocol. Rambamudli in Phoenix, uh, we as senior citizens will still be careful. 
will not be going out unnecessarily because nobody's certain when this virus will be gone. That's just my opinion. Thank you so much. We've got um, um, chapter two says our political laws are misaligned to our constitutional laws. And only if we change that, we are not going anywhere as a country. Research is telling us that in the next 10 years, we will become a failed state. All the contributing factors are clearly visible. Corruption, coupled with bad economic policies, has left our country broke. Lawlessness and all forms of violence are now beyond um, our control. These are signs of poor leadership. Add high unemployment to that, and we have a recipe for disaster. Thank you so much, Chapter 2, uh, for giving us that bit of information. Um, yeah, when you put it out on the table like that, it does sound quite grim. Let's go to this voice note. Hello there. Hi, thank you for all the info. It's good that we are on level one and people can get back to some bit of normality in their lives. But what about those who are not wealthy and have been depending on the this 350 grant? People have not received those payments. What happens to them? Hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, that's always a concern. It's definitely some. It's just definitely a conversation that we've been keeping on going with Sasa. Um, with regard to those grants. And I know there are other queries. I've just tried to contact them now to get more information. Uh, Let's see what comes through. Uh, Let's go to Mr. Roy Singh. Good afternoon to the Newsbreak team. It's really sad to note that most of the municipalities, their officials, their families and friends have taken advantage of overinflating the price of PPE and the end result is that our people suffer. And uh, hope uh, the government and the SAPS take uh, strict measures to ensure that these people are all in jail. If you look at the Commission of Inquiry too, uh, there's nothing being done there. They have an inquiry or investigation and I think it stops there. Uh, most of the time the judge uh, adjourns the case and he walks away. So I don't know where this country is leading to. Thank you very much. Roy Singh from Sangha Thanks, Mr. Singh. Appreciate it. Uh, we've got, um, I think it's Mr. Rajan Rajkumar. Yes, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're well, sir. Uh, I welcome the move to level one. It's up to each and every one of us to make sure we don't have a resurgence. Please follow all the protocols, rules and regulations. And that's from Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town. Uh, Samantha says, Hi guys, love your show. Keep up the good work. It's wonderful that level one is here. But let's not take advantage of it. Thank you. Uh, Sangeeta Hardio says, I will only go anywhere when COVID-19 is over. I'm still in lockdown level one. Sangeeta, yeah, a lot of people are. Um, uh, it's hard though, Sangeeta. How are you handling it? Take, give me, Send me another message. Send me a voice note and let me know what you miss about life and how it's been. If you, you know, because I was talking to um, a friend the other day and I said, you know, going into a mall these days and, and, and let's be honest, malls are sometimes um, a leisurely experience. It's so taxing that, you know, you think twice about whether or not you even need to buy somebody a birthday present anymore. I'm oversharing here, but I think that's how it, how it is. Um, message from Rohini she says Namaste Taresh for me it is a no-no to travel so soon I will wait for next year because if it's still not safe to travel as the virus is still around thank you for the wonderful shows always you're more, welcome, more than welcome uh, Rohini 
Let's go to Mr. Ian Govinder. Hello there, sir. Good afternoon, Paresh. As from Monday, 21st September, South Africa would move to level one. Despite the fact that cigarettes and alcohol were banned, smokers were still smoking and drinkers were still indulging. Illicit trade continued. There was no strict law enforcement. Law enforcement officers must clamp down on people who are disobeying the regulations. Travelers will hesitate to travel overseas. International travel only pick up when a vaccine is available. There must be a zero tolerance on corruption. We want to see comrades and cadres arrested and in the dock wearing orange overalls. Whatever the position and status, we want to see their bank accounts frozen and all their assets attached. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Governor. We appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Zahir. He says, uh, Zahir Danbar from Phoenix. Yesterday I went to a Hindu funeral. It was beyond shocking and surprising. Um, we could not see the face. The body was just there for f- under 15 minutes. This hurt dearly. This is what COVID has done. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, I as well um, recently saw a funeral where it was... This was this was it was really sad, um, you know. It, it it was family members are not allowed to pay their last respects, and this was really in the height of COVID. So, I think that those are also the scars that many will will carry from COVID nineteen. Uh, Anonymous tells us as we move to level one, we have to be extra vigilant. Let's respect those around us and adhere to all precautions as if we are in level five. As much as we want to visit the elderly, the greatest gift to them is to not visit them because they are still among the most vulnerable in society. We must adjust to the new normal. As adults, we must be responsible and not wait to be policed by authorities. Um... Anonymous says, being in government myself, I can personally inform you that there is no sincerity in senior management, more especially by our political heads to assist the most vulnerable. These, Their primary goal is to loot as much as they can until the next election. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got a lot of voice notes as well to get through. Um, let's go to some. Hello there. Lotus FM listeners and Lotus FM itself. Uh, it's great that the country has moved down to level one. Um, I unfortunately do not welcome this decision, purely based that um, should our numbers go up, uh, should things go down south, because there are predictions of a second wave, um, our hospitals and all of our government institutes um, have not been catered for these things. And I don't think that should there be a second wave of this virus um, that we would manage as a country. And at the same time, it's also opened up for life in a way to go back to normal in the sense of the economy, and which then results in the fact that the government or people in the government have much more room or much more opportunity to steal. Uh, that's my opinion on 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 this. Uh, great, thank you for the show. Thank you. Um, have a nice day. Thanks. You also have a nice day, and thank you for that sentiment. I mean, I'm um, sitting here thinking, you know, do I do a focus? Uh, 
while everybody's celebrating and celebrating level one infection rates are going down, do I do as a journalist? I'm questioning and thinking. Um, I want to do a talk show on the possible second wave. You know what entails a second wave. What do you do? How equipped is South Africa to handle that? Uh, and I just wonder if it's negative or if it's something that we really need to be talking about. And that uh, voice note just spoke about you know the possibility of second waves. A lot of uh, international countries are seeing it. They're on guard for it. I know uh, Europe and UK are quite concerned about second wave. They're going to winter now, right? And we were told, and this was um, some sort of um, you know myth doing the rounds that COVID nineteen travels a lot more during winter. Uh, the actual science and the clarity we received was that that may not be the case but what is the case is that people are sneezing and coughing a lot more during winter because of the nature of climate and the nature of the human body in dealing in colder conditions so um, that may not be necessarily a breeding ground for the virus to grow colder weather but by virtue of the fact that there's a lot more cough sneezes and um, you know that kind of thing there could be a a small window for, for, for increased transfer. So a lot of uh, Northern Hemisphere countries are a bit concerned about that uh, as the colder climates, uh, colder weather uh, approaches. Let's go to this voice note. Hi, good morning. I do voluntary work in a community service clinic. People are not using the mask and coming to the clinic. They think level one is going to come next week and they're parking. So when they get COVID-19, then they know how to suffer. Thank you very much. Use a mask at home. Thank you, Darren Sai. No better way, I think. No better way than that, than saying it. Use your mask. That's it. It was, um, thank you for that message. Really, really appreciated it. Really put a, put, a, put a picture to the way it goes down on the ground. Thank you so much. I value that. Salim Adam, always great to hear from you. Tiresh, this is Salim Adam. Tiresh, I'm so perturbed at the level of dishonesty and immorality in this country. We have lost our moral compass. Look at every sector, from politician, civil servant, private sector, everywhere you go, people are dishonest. They need to now rethink and we have to have a fresh look at what honesty is. Look at the level of crime, the rape. Look at the corruption. This is all because this, we are a society that have lost our moral compass and we do everything that's evil and wrong. We need to now learn morality, learn good and keep away from things that is absolutely evil. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Adam. Appreciate it. Uh, going through a lot more of the voice notes, and then we'll come back to your text. But we've got uh, Cams of Bayview. Good afternoon. Yes, it will make a difference to those who are obeying the lockdown rules. But unfortunately, to those who weren't obeying the rules, it really won't make a difference to them. Swami says, thanks for updating us with Newsbreak. Have a lovely weekend. You too, Swami Reddy. Please be safe. Uh, I want to hear from you as well. And uh, Rennie tells us, if I was still working, I would most certainly travel. Most, we must accept that our lives are similar uh, to a novel. We don't know when and how we are going to die. We must be cautious. But why put our lives on hold? And that's from Rennie. Um, yeah, I think we're up to date with a lot of our messages. Please go ahead. I think it's a very interesting conversation. Tonti sent us a message and he says, Good afternoon, all South Africans. Um, we have behaved well. That is why Level 1 has been implemented. As far as international travel is concerned, my daughter has made an important choice around the family, around 
uh, round table to fly back as soon as the university in China to give the go-ahead. It was not an easy choice. Don't drop your guard. Thank you, Tonti. Appreciate it. Uh, chapter 2 sent us a voice note. Let's go to that one. Good afternoon to you and your listeners. I'd like to take this opportunity to inform the Indian community that our government is choosing to exclude Indians and Europeans from its new economic recovery plan, which is ridiculous and unconstitutional. Yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Uh, We'll get clarity on that and take that forward before we report on something like that, uh, if indeed that is um, a situation that is um, currently taking place. But thank you for alerting us. Um, Yeah, those are your messages. I think we have... um, just one more message I think that I missed, I think. Political diseases is what's bringing this country down. Oh, okay, sorry, I think I um, have missed that. So, yep, go ahead and talk to me about everything you'd like to put forward. Um, good afternoon, I went to a funeral as well, it's so sad. Because the lady that passed away was my dad's neighbor, a wonderful person. It was so sad to see her coffin covered. I don't even uh, want my worst enemies to go through that. Um, children and hubby didn't see the wife and mother for one month, not even her face, to kiss a goodbye. Um, I don't think level one is good. And that's from Selvi. And... Um I do not believe that a program on the second wave will not be negative, but it is a reality. It's better to be armed with information than be lulled into a false sense of security. On that note, it's coming up. Thank you so much. And Anonymous would like to tell me that, uh, thanks to the great show, even though we are moving to level one, uh, there's no, there's still no vaccination available, which means we are still at risk. The virus will be easier to transfer and spread as individuals are currently relaxing uh, There's strict standards. Not all individuals are wearing masks or sanitizing. It's a new norm and we have to continue with life. But uh, with the majority that we maturity that we have, uh, we need to be cautious. Enjoy your weekend. You as well. Ruksana, lovely to hear from you. Please, South Africans, use your mask anywhere you go. It's simple as that. Um, Okay, so yeah, that's basically. Go ahead, come on, get the get the um, the messages going. I love to hear from you, but uh, yeah, Rachel. So masks. Everybody's saying masks are the future and the new normal. Um, well, I'm sitting here in studio with the mask twenty four seven. So that's why I'm talking to you right now because um, you feel what's the word? You feel abnormal when you don't have a mask. Yes. That is how much it's become a part of your normal. Absolutely. It's become an absolute norm for me. If I'm not wearing my mask, I feel like there's something missing. But I think that's because as journalists, we out there, we haven't really been on lockdown. So from uh, day one of the 100 and what's it, 17 days, we have all been wearing these masks. We've been sanitizing. We have it in our, the sanitizer bottle in our back pocket. Um, it's on every table here at SABC. So for me, the new norm is that. And I'm like so skeptical about going to the malls, going to the movies, even eating out. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. it's because for me, uh, I have a young teenager at home uh, with my nephew and my dad is diabetic. So I'm like yeah, paranoid gotta, about that. Gotta take all that into account. But yeah, no, we're just uh, talking about, everybody's talking about masks and how one should continue with that because, you know, it's as the levels drop, the masks drop. And I've seen that. 
But uh, yeah, Rachel as well matches her masks to yeah, her outfits. Yeah, that's so, it. It's now um, become a fashion statement for me. So. <laughs> so I think on that note, I also want to ask you, as we come to a bit of a tail end of the program now, and I want to ask you, share with me some of your mask funnies, you know, your mask stories, any anecdotes that you've had with the mask that, you know, you laughed at, you marveled at, it humbled you. Um, I remember I... Um, I I I think the funniest thing with me in the mask, everybody you know who wears glasses have have their stories to tell about being fogged up. But I will never forget the um recently I I was having coffee and I just took a sip of coffee, not realizing I was wearing a mask and that coffee went all over my mask, all over my face. I should have just slapped it up to the mask. Oh, it seems no. the filtration process, the double <laughs> filtration process of the of the um of the coffee. So um that's my funny story. Uh, what about yours? Hey, a lot of people are like, oh gosh, I forgot a mask. I can't go into a shop. I recently saw that outside. Somebody came to buy bread and milk and they didn't have a mask. And they had to go all the way back home to go and put that mask back on and then come back to buy bread and milk. So maybe you could share with me your mask stories. I'd like to unmask that. Let's go to Ranjani Reddy. Taresh, how are you? Trust you well. Having a blessed weekend. Thank you for the informative show on news um, break. You give us such good and great advice. Taresh, as for level one, it's good for the economy, but not for COVID-19. People are freelancing with no social distancing, no sanitizing, no masking. What's going to happen to the uh, country? Because everybody will get infected again and it's going to be a disaster. God bless from Ranjini. Thank you so much, Ranjani. I appreciate that. Um, another message. I think it's Amika Roshni Singh. As much as I love that uh, very the move to level one, but there's no way I'm letting my guard down. It's scary. I do use public transport, and I have to tell the person, please use your mask. I would, um, due to my ill health, I make sure as I'm safe and protect my um, unborns and keep masks on. Sanitize your hands. Don't let your guard down for a moment. Yeah. You know, and uh, this is also something that you could share with me. Um, A lot of people have been, um, you know, I think um, as much as there have been, um, you know, religious institutions have been operational, um, a lot of religious functions have not continued the way it usually does um what are your thoughts now i mean we understand according to regulation that will come into effect indoor activities may you may have 250 people outdoor activities may have 500 people which is an interesting thing for the likes of prayer festivals etc it's purtasi navratri will come up soon it will be diwali as well um of course uh there are a lot of other festivals and functions there's juma on a friday and uh, church services, you know, it's it's, it's whole, so much that goes on. Um, what happens now? Are you going to be a bit more comfortable going in for a prayer like that? Because I know that's also been on the lag. So, um, yeah, going to more messages now. On a lighter note, I saw a three-year-old who refused to go into a mall before her gogo put on her tiny mask. It's good to see that kids are adapting. I think they're the most adaptable because for them it's just conditioning them to a new baseline. So they don't have to unlearn these habits that we have of walking into a mall and doing whatever or, you know, in my case, having coffee without a mask. Uh, So they're just learning a new great habit. Um, And on that note, I just had a thought now. I mean, what is it doing for, you know, early childhood development and creating a generation to come um, of cleaner people, 
because what COVID-19 has taught us all and, you know, um, I think many have said it is, 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 is to be cleaner. You know, I guess we should be sanitized. We should have been sanitizing even before COVID-19. We should have been maintaining a certain degree of, of distance, a certain degree of touching, of washing our hands so regularly, of, um, you know, those kinds of protocols. So are we going to be creating a new sort of generation um, from our children now that are more health conscious now. So even if they go to a gym in a time of COVID-19, they are sanitizing the equipment before using it. They are washing their hands before they do every sort of activity. What impact is that going to have in about 50 or 100 years' time for um, the general transfer of infection, where this is the common cold and the flu? Um, what impact is this new sort of culture of sanitization and, and washing, if it does indeed remain after the time of COVID-19, what is it going to do uh, forward for this generation and to create, a, I think, a more sanitized world? Uh, let's go to this one. Hi, I don't think it's a big deal. My hobby picks up uh, virus bodies. I'm a caregiver. Just stay safe. Uh, mask, sanitize. He's an undertaker. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm 63 and he's 75. When, when we put God in front. Thank you so much for that uh, bit of hope in that message that you sent us. Uh, let's go to Anonymous. Thanks for the wonderful show. In my neighborhood, there is a sports bar and tavern that operates like a bottle store every day. They also store alcohol on other neighbors' properties using um, six-meter shipping containers. The local police knows and are friends with the tavern owners. Can someone... Do something about these unruly persons. Thank you, Anonymous. We'll keep your number and try and check in with you and get more information. Sushi Ayer says, um, for the first time on your show yesterday, I went to, well, it was my first time on your show, and I went to a public hospital in Durban. Only the patients are being screened, but the nurses got are not using masks and are just walking in. Sushi, um, thank you for tuning in and hope to hear from you soon again. Let's go to Ayla Rambaran. Uh, with COVID-19, God has uh, shut everyone's mouth. <laughs> now humans create a pen. Yeah, maybe not. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> um, Kogi Reddy sent us a voice note. Hello there. Good, good day, Taresh. This is Kogi for Beardler. Wearing the mask from day one, right up to now, it became like something that I'm missing out before I leave home. And with me, I became very, very... Uh, careful because not knowing my eldest nephew died with no COVID that worked 24 years for Marshall World of Sports. So it became so serious into my family that me every every day or every minute that I leave the home or anyone come to my door, I got my mask on. Bye. Taresh, God bless you. Kogi from Verla. Kogi, bless you too. Thank you so much uh, for that. Appreciate it. Tell us, Sylvan. Tarish, hi. You know, you, the man that creates the awareness. Uh, I'd like you to assist all of us by creating this awareness. I received a WhatsApp, well, I'm sure lots of others did, uh, whereby they say that in view of the lockdown one, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa has uh, requested the people to go onto this new uh, program and install it and up update the program. And that program gets all your information. Now, some scamsters are actually capitalizing on that, where you are vulnerable to your data being exposed. Just tell us if that's really true, if you know about it, and should we worry? 
And it saddens me that during the lockdown and during the COVID uh, pandemic, people have been so unethical and irregular. Thanks to Lotus for helping us create awarenesses. Thank you, sir. Once again, keep up all the good work. God bless. Thanks, Selvin. I think in a modern era, when you have technological devices like that, and specifically those that do call for your personal details, there's always the risk of, um, you know, um, third-party sources online hacking into those systems and trying to retrieve it. There is always ever that risk if you're online. Um, but there are a lot of, um, you know, malware. There's a lot of uh, firewalls in place that a lot, of, a lot of technological apps put in place already to safeguard your information. But definitely, Selvan, that's a concern that one must take into account. I do know Newsbreak ran that on our TechnoTouch slot uh, last week sometime, but we're going to revisit that. I was just discussing it with Rachel. We'll try and get you some more feedback on the safety of having that kind of information available um, on those apps. I do know that um, a lot of apps do come with built-in, you know, technological malware, spyware um, grids that protect that. But uh, definitely a question to be asked to authorities. Uh, Shani sent us a voice note. Hello. Hi, good afternoon, Taresh. Uh, talking about the viruses and stuff, as much as we are in lockdown one, the virus hasn't gone yet. And uh, most people are not using the mask, firstly. Uh, social distancing is not, is not being observed, also in certain stores. I think the store managers need to make announcement now and again that, you know what, please, customers, space yourselves. I was in the store the other day and the customer was right on my back. I had to ask this customer to move back. And the markings have all been removed or for whatever reason. Maybe it's like rubbed out or so forth. And in terms of fraud, there's so much of fraud that's going on in higher departments. And uh, unemployment rates and to see poor people going through this hard phase in life, it is so, so sad. And yeah, please people, especially at functions. Functions are starting to to invite more people now. So please respect and social distancing and use your mask. Thank you, Tarish. Have a beautiful afternoon. Love, Shani Singh. Bye-bye. Thank you, Shani. Thanks so much. Um, hi, I'm Mrs. A. Gopichand. I'm on leave since lockdown. Worked every day, but my story is masks. I'm in the service area of a large retail store. I've seen people, and behavior of our people was pathetic. Some of them want service. I told them no mask, no service. Working in this retail store is not, um, was not new. We had this implemented years ago. I'm diabetic and risked our lives working in a store. People came without masks, and that should not be allowed. Uh, first time on my show, always at work. I'm so happy then. Welcome, Mrs. Gopichand. A very warm welcome to you. Like you say, you've been on leave and you normally work, so you don't get to tune into the show. Um, warm welcome from myself, Tarish, onto, onto the show, and we hope that you get more time to, to connect with us. We really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, Yatin says... Okay, Yatin, we'll try. Mrs. A, Mrs. Pillay says, I just wanted to know, uh, we're going into level one. Yeah, everybody's asking about that 350 grant. Listen, I did check, check in with Sasa because we also had a voice note uh, earlier on that. And I said, I'm going to, you know, check in with Sasa, get clarity and then um, see how best we can bring that uh, to your attention. Um, and as soon as they become available to us, then 
I will try my best to get you that answer, hopefully before the show ends. So yeah, let's try to achieve that. Okay, cool. So when we come back, we go to more of your messages and your voice notes. Keep us talking. And remember, I want to know from you, what has been the funniest story about your mask? Get up to 40% off on selected products all week long at ShopRite. Save on a jumbo pack of Huggies pants, only 140 Rand. Save 50 Rand. 400 grams Crystal Valley cheese slices, just 30 Rand. Save 13 Rand. A 500 gram Sunlight Laundry Bar for a low 11 Rand. Save 4 Rand. Two 500 mil Stay Soft Refills, only 40 Rand. Save 30 Rand. And a 7 piece Carbon Steel Cookware Set for just 220 Rand. Save 60 Rand. Prices valid until 20. September only at ShopRite. Yeah, so we are still trying to get some sort of clarity with regard to Sasa on that. Um, have sent my request to find out when that um, you know extension of the of the grant because we do know that uh, there you know there's more funds being paid into the the, the social grants and when is that going to end? Uh, that's a bit of a concern. My grandson is six and gives anyone who leaves home and returns a sanitizer spray down before they enter the house and points them to the bathroom. And that's from Cookie, I think. Um, Vigi says, to the economy, virus is still there to get us. <laughs> that's from Vigi. Hopefully not. Uh, Julie Naidu in Pitmaritzburg, can you spread please to a story regarding um, the billing system? It's in a shambles in the Pitmaritzburg municipality. Okay, we're going to look quote into that we haven't really covered PMB a lot in terms of the municipality there very informative show as usual prevention is better than cure stay safe that's from Vijay Chetty in Mirbank thank you Vijay great to hear from you and um, yeah again on the social the the COVID tracing app we're going to definitely be doing a lot of interviews um, on that so yeah interesting interesting points coming through so, okay, I keep it coming through. I look forward to hearing from you. But here's something positive that we could also talk about. Um, we understand that the um, South African Hindu Mahasabha will be hosting a webinar next Thursday to address religious intolerance. This comes after an agreement was reached between the Sabha and the Morningside Ridges Board of Trustees in the recent debacle involving the burning of incense sticks and performing of a Hindu religious prayer or havan at the complex. President of the Sabha, Ashwin Trikamji, says they are happy that an agreement was reached to ensure social cohesion. The matter concerning the Morningside Ridge notices that went out, first notice stopping people from burning incense, second notice which allegedly replaced the first notice, retracting the burning of incense issue, but now cautioning people not to perform havan, which is a religious ceremony performed by Hindus. The body corporate of the Morningside Ridge, the trustees of whom are all Hindus, eventually realized that even the second notice was unlawful because religious practices are protected by the constitution of this country and any notice preventing anybody from performing his or her religious practice would constitute an unlawful act. So they eventually agreed to retract both those notices and replace it with a very simple notice which simply pointed out to people that, you know, they had to live in harmony and that people are free to practice their religion, but they must do so uh, within the confines of their homes and also be mindful of the other people who are resident in the complex itself. 
Now, having had this resolution come together in the discussions, what does this speak about religious tolerance in South Africa, especially with this being Heritage Month? Well, it really annoyed the community that suddenly people were being prevented or were being asked to cease practicing their own uh, religion in the way in which they've been accustomed to doing all their lives. And more unfortunate is the fact that it comes during the month of Heritage Month. People have got to realize that we have all lived in South Africa for such a long time. We've been here since 1860, practicing our culture and our religion without any interference from anybody. That is because we've been living together and been tolerant of all of us. And that is essentially what it's all about. People have just got to be tolerant. And why people are suddenly being intolerant is beyond some of us. So what should we do to try and create this harmony in religious tolerance? Not only religious tolerance, but the Mahasabha is having next week on Thursday, between 2 and 4 in the afternoon, a workshop, a webinar, uh, which is going to deal with the whole issue of social cohesion. You know, up to now, social cohesion has become a little buzzword for, pardon my saying, so politicians and, and certain people who hold positions in society. Uh, but nobody has really unpacked social cohesion as to how it impacts the daily lives of our people. And uh, the recent instances of intolerance is a classic example of how an awareness of how social cohesion should apply in our daily lives would have clearly, in my view, avoided those situations. That was um, Strashvin Trikamji, the president of the Hindu Mahasabha, talking to Newsbreak's Rachel Wadi, of course, talking there about uh, religious tolerance. So this last voice note, I got it earlier on, but like I said, I was trying to get a hold of Sasa to then, you know, respond to it immediately. But here's, let's listen to this. Good afternoon, uh, Taresh and the Newsbreak team. Taresh, uh, you know, uh, only through Newsbreak we can get the information we require. So we urge you on behalf of a lot of uh, people of the community to please get a clear narrative on the 250 rand that was given to the SASA recipients and the 500 rand for the uh, caregivers for the children. And they said that it would end in October. On the 1st or the 3rd of October, uh, that would be the last payment towards the extra that they gave on SASA payments. Now we are hearing so many different things on the ground level. Uh, that it will not stop, it will continue, and then some people saying it will stop. Please, can you do us a favor and, you know, inform us through your various uh, uh, portals of uh, knowledge and context as to whether this is true or not true? Yeah. Uh, like I said, as soon as I heard your voice note, I went straight to Sasa while the show was going on to ask them and uh, they've not gotten back to me yet. So I'm going to hopefully have you an answer by tomorrow. Let's let's leave it for that. I uh, hope to give you an answer tomorrow on that. It would be very important to get clarity on it. Thank you so much for alerting me to that. Let's say goodbye now on the program. We'll talk again tomorrow. The broadcast came away courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and um, Rachel Vadi. I'll talk to you tomorrow between 12 and 1. From Itadeh have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.